tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, 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 we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. And welcome to Tinfoil Hat. <laughs> Uh, you know who I am. You know who I'm here to do. I'm here to rock, okay? We got a big show for you. Super excited to have our guest on. Uh, we're going to bring him on in a couple seconds. I uh, just want to welcome my partner in crime, the man, the myth, the legend. He's the Giraffe King, XG, and the place to be. How are you, X? Good, good. Just came back from Denver. Did a giraffe show. Yeah, look that at you. Dope. You literally did a giraffe show. Yeah. It was amazing. The word is out. The people love you. Uh, on the ones and twos, is uh, they actually love him on the show now. They, they like when he jumps in. Uh, please welcome Johnny Woodard, everybody. What's up, dude? Johnny, thanks for coming in and uh, sitting in on us. This is our friend uh, Eric Friedman, good friend, has a great podcast called Two Dumb Babies. Two Dumb Babies. So you can check that out. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're going to keep moving. Guys, a lot of amazing things are going on here. Uh, we are going to be live. We only have two more shows left uh, in the new year. We have uh, basically. Uh, Comedy Chaos is going to be December 17th. Huge announcement. We have both Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer both on the 8 o'clock show. There'll be an 8 o'clock and a 10 p- 10.30 show. I believe both of these will sell out. Tickets will be on sale very soon. So that is December 17th, live at the Comedy Store. Go to thecomedystore.com. It's the year-end Comedy Chaos. It's been a successful run. We've had 50 Three sellouts, so hopefully we'll make this 54 and 55. Uh, and then Tinfall Hat is coming to your neighborhood. That's right. Our final show of the year is going to be at Portland's at Mississippi Studios. XG, Eddie Bravo, myself, bringing the thunder. Uh, we're excited. We're going to try to get Antifa and the Proud Boys to make love, okay? Because that's what we do. We're bringing people together on the show. That's how we roll. So uh, come guests, go to MississippiStudios.com or just put in Tinfall Hat, Portland, Mississippi Studios, and you'll find tickets and grab them. The t-shirts are available. Go to t- go to TinfallHatTshirts.com and grab those t-shirts. Uh, everything, Flat Earth, uh, uh, the Vegas shirts, the New York City shirts, all those shirts are, in fact, available for you now. It's a great way to support the show. And the people are loving, loving the uh, Patreon. We're putting three hours on there. Conspiracies Now, uh, Secret Society of the Mad Hatters, uh, for the record, uh, there is something for everyone on there. And if you can't get enough of this show, it's a great way to support the show. So real quick, before we bring on our guests, I just want to say something, man. A lot of you guys have been asking about what's going on with the uh, with the, the YouTube and the channels. Well, December 10th is D-Day. This is the day they're going to start wiping out independent journalists. We have to do whatever we can 
not to fall under that group they want gone from YouTube. So what we're doing now is we're creating our own platform. It's going to be at brokensimulation.com, and we're going to be putting all of my podcasts on there. Tinfoil Hat, My Punch Drunk, our new show that I'm doing with Johnny called Broken Simulation. All that's going to be on there. You're going to get the whole episode, okay? And then if you want clips, that's going to be on YouTube. We're going to clip out all the ads, all that stuff. Nothing for them to get mad at. So, no, the show's not over. It will only keep rocking. If you want to see more of my stuff, go to YouTube.com backslash Sam Tripoli. You can see adults talking, my new debate show, uh, the the the, the uh, Tom Segura, Theo Vaughn uh, animation that put out. So all that stuff. And that is that. Uh, join us via the power of Skype. Uh, I've watched this guy run uh, an amazing, amazing pro athlete doing damage on the field. And now uh, he's really, really resonated with the truth community, with what he's saying in, uh, in a genre that nobody really talks about. And that's, that's the dark arts and pro sports. And, and it's something we love on this show, which is, we don't love, but we discuss a lot on this show, which is dark arts and the hip hop community. Please welcome a uh, former r- running back for Penn State and former running back for the Kansas City Chief, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Mr. Larry Johnson. How are you, bud? I'm doing good. How you guys? Dude, we're doing wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. The people have spoken. Uh, you know, I, I never like to bother anybody because I know everybody's so busy. So we'll hit you up. But the people went and uh, and really begged for you to make an appearance on the show. And you were kind enough to reach out. So we appreciate you, Larry. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Larry, uh, before we get into uh, today's events, we another rapper uh, we lost. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey? First of all, tell us where all of our listeners can find all of your stuff, whether whether it's your YouTube, your internet, whatever you want our listeners to go check out. Uh, I'm usually on Twitter, Instagram most of the time. Any other social media is, is too much. And I got a nine-year-old daughter that I'm raising, so I... I got a you know deprogrammer as she's getting programmed these days, so I stay busy doing that. But I'm on number two, Larry Johnson, and the number seven. Okay, on both my Instagram and Twitter. Well, uh, your your story's pretty amazing. You were a very dominant running back. You had a wonderful career. You put up Hall of Fame numbers, and then you decide to stop and. Uh, and now you're just kind of doing your this amazing movement, which you're pointing out all the dark arts in in pro. Pro sports, you know, I, I when I started this show, people would always say to me, hey, Sam, do you think that the pro athletes could be compromised and controlled? And I always felt like it was a results-driven industry, meaning you either got the yardage, you caught the pass, you hit the three-pointers, you won the game. How can they control that? But now that I've been following you, I find that to be... Uh, maybe not true. So, uh, let, where do we start with this? Where do we start with your your amazing journey? What made you decide to start talking about this stuff? Uh, I was always into like UFOs, conspiracy theories, and stuff like that. I was like that when I was in college, and I think once I started playing, I got away from it and started being, you know, the victim of what this world pushes on children these days is being selfish, money, fame excess materialism and I fell for the whole you know ball of wax and when I came out of you know football I wanted to turn my life back over to God and I had to sacrifice my ego who I was and who I used to be 
to do that. And trust me, he broke me down. Like when God calls you, he doesn't just call you to come home. You just open up the door and walk in. No, he makes you shred who you used to be for you to follow him. And that's what I did. And I got on my knees and prayed to him about certain situations in my life that I really wasn't ready to repent about. And he put me through a process. And I think now I just happen to see this world with the sermon a whole different way than I used to see it now. And I took a look at myself and saw the same things I were doing. I was in the end zone throwing up the pyramid and didn't know what it was even for until I realized this is what I was doing. And so I had to correct myself first. And then after I did that, I paid attention a lot closer to some of these athletes and some of these uh, entertainers do now. So when you do look back, are there times where you were like, well, in we'll, we'll start with, when you were in your your career and you were thriving, were there times where you're like, man, I'm doing this and this the young me really wasn't into this, but man, it is plentiful. The women, the the I don't know if the drugs were part of your story, but the the partying and the just like you know, king of the world type lifestyle that comes that we see in shows like ballers and stuff like that that were famous for you like the the Dallas Cowboys of the nineties had a house where they would just wreck shop and do whatever they want. Were there times when you were playing that you're like, wow, I've gotten really far away from who I was or who I think I am. I was very lukewarm. I thought like I could go out, drink, have fun, fornicate as much as I can, have twosomes, threesomes, and then game day I was praying, which is a very odd thing from when I look back at now. It was really stupid for me to, to think God was going to help me out in my career when as soon as fo- football games were done, I was in the club most of the time. And offseason, it was the same way. Uh, my whole career was that way. It was the better I got on the field, the more I drank, the more women I had, the more times I went out. Now, when I stopped playing football, that the drug thing came afterwards. And at that time, house music was, I don't know, it's embarrassing I even talk about this. I was into <laughs> house music for some odd reason. And when you were in the Miami area and house music is a big part of that culture, so is the ecstasy, so is the MDMA. And I had my run in the sun with it. And it was days where I didn't go home. It was days I had stayed up for three or four days in a row. It was like I couldn't fill a hole, and I was using the club culture of Miami to fill that hole. And if you see me run four to 16 carries and, and not break, imagine what my club life was after I stopped playing. I was the same way. And it almost – it really took me into a dark place where I was seeing things that I shouldn't be seeing in the physical realm. And that was scared me back to where I am now. Does it – did it ever blow you away at what people are willing to do to get a piece of somebody like you, whether it was uh, in recruiting uh, at Penn State uh, when you were playing professionally? Like what people were willing to sacrifice to be in Larry Johnson's life? Because, you know, I, I the closest I ever got to being a Beatle was being able to tour one time with Vince Vaughn. And the, the things I saw women were willing to do to get within a foot of Vince Vaughn was, I mean, women left their boyfriends on sidewalks to run to get onto the tour bus. People want fame. Women love fame. Men love fame, too. Uh, fame, money, power. Did you ever go, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening, right, what these people are willing to do? Was there any moment that? or And another, on top of that, is when was the youngest moment you realized that? 
I think the youngest moment I realized that is when I had leased the Maybach, and it's the first time I, you know, I I basically followed the crew I was with, was with Jay and with Kanye and that crew, and so I kind of mirrored what they did. I started to dress more like them. I acted like them. My cars started to match theirs. And started, when I started realizing the impact of what a car would do to a female, that yep. is when I realized now I want more of it. Now it's like it's like a whole. You want more. It, one's not enough. You want two. Three is not enough. You want four. You want one more car. You want you want to do the whole thing. And at my time, being very young, I had a very addictive personality. So I was never really done with anything until I exceeded the limits of having certain stuff so it was it was a, it was definitely an eye opener at 23 24 years old it wasn't even about the money as a millionaire i didn't even count the money all you needed to tell me is if i could get it or not and that's what i got as a obviously you went to a, a storied program in penn state you know we, we could talk about the scandal later but i'd rather focus on your story and, uh, you know, so obviously you were on a national radar. Uh, and what point did you realize you were special? Uh, I think I realized that when I was young. My dad introduced me to football at a very young age. And I didn't know how good I was going to be. I didn't even play running back when I played uh, pound ball or pop water football. And I was playing tight end. I was playing, you know, quarterback at the time and I was really good defensively I really knew it until my dad would show me film on myself and I would mirror what Earl Campbell did what Jim Brown did I would steal their moves and, and emulate it and I, that's why I knew that all I wanted to do was play football and my dad wanted me to play football and my dad was a football coach a successful high school football so I definitely knew that I was special when it came to the, the game of football. So the reason I asked that was there a moment when you realized people were maybe going out of their way to treat you special and maybe, you know, we all saw, you know, all the mo movies like Johnny Be Good where like the football recruit is sleeping with the coach's uh, wife and stuff like that. Uh, these recruiting trips you went on where these co-eds were expected to show players a good time was did, did, did when was the earliest that started happening to you and what was your feelings around that i mean it should have at that point i mean for me i would have been like oh my god this is insane i'm getting everything i wanted I'd be stoked uh, my, my situation is a little bit different my dad was a coach's was a coach so i'll be in a coach's son People treated you different and they had to treat you harder because they didn't want to show favoritism because your dad was a successful coach. And people forget my dad was a D-line coach at Penn State the same time I was there. So I got a lot of uh, hard, you know, hardships and troubles just fighting to stay on the football field. And then everybody had to test your manhood to see I was just it wasn't just a soft kid who's got a full ride because his dad was here. I had to fight through a lot of things like that. I got thrown out of practices for fighting just for overcompensating to make sure people knew that I was here to play football and not because my dad was around. And I think that kind of followed me. So I really never got preferential treatment. I think people treated me harder because my dad was successful. So I want to get into kind of what we, we what I've been watching you talk about, and that was, you know, the dark arts in sports. Again, like earlier, like I said, I never really wrapped my mind around the thought that, you know, an athlete can be 
bought and sold. Obviously, they can take money from Nike or the school to play there and then, you know, the contracts and all that stuff. But to be pushed forward, like I'm a stand-up comic. I live in Los Angeles. You know, my friends are all stand-up comics. But we're in Hollywood where all this dark art stuff goes on. And we we see that these people at the highest levels are uh, selling their souls uh, for fame and fortune and opportunity. And, but I never saw that in, I never thought that was a thing in sports because it's so, it's so results driven. It just seems either you're the best running back, the best shooting guard, the best center, the best outfielder. And like, doesn't matter what, what the, what the dark arts think. And you're telling me this is a lot more rapid, rampant than we believe or we're let to know. Is, is very rampant. And to me, it really shouldn't be, is what you're saying, like it should be results driven. But when you actually look at the influence that these players can cause on young children, children are following the ways of the athlete. They're not following their parents anymore. Even when it comes to actors, entertainers, and rappers or musicians, they are following them. They're not following what their, their, their parents say. And it's become a culture where we become idolizing people who are willing to sell a product and willing to sell their souls to do that. Because obviously if you look at the football, the game of football, it's changed over, you know, the, I say the last decade. It's more pass driven. Now, mind you, if it was more run driven, that means you have to get a whole offensive line ready. You got to get receivers that can block. You got to get a fullback and you got to get a runner back and run. Now you have the passing game. You just need one good receiver an okay offensive line, no fullback, barely a running back. So you will get the quarterback, which is the premier position. Now, if I want this quarterback to promote an ideal or agenda, I'm going to come to him and say, what are you willing to do to get this commercial or to be the, to come be, be the face of this product? You're going to say, well, uh, what do I have to do? You're going to say, well, you go out there and throw up the devil horse once or twice. Or maybe, matter of fact, do this. You know, every time you score a touchdown and if you do that, come off the field, maybe dress, maybe a little bit feminine. We'll change your, you know, your style a little bit. We'll make you wear a goofy bandana and, and we'll make you make you a, a spectacle. And everybody can mock you and laugh at you. But it's OK because you'll look feminine to them. This is what they're doing. This is why you see it, the ball being passed 50 times a game and receivers and quarterbacks are now the premier positions and nobody else really matters. That's where all the money's going to. It's going to the quarterback now. Back in the day, there wasn't a hundred million dollar deals with players. Now it's hundred million dollar players with one player. And this is who you get to change the minds of the youth because that's who the youth see. And, and we see that a lot. Uh, you know, uh, MTV was very much counterculture. When I was uh, young in Hollywood, they would my managers at the time would ask me to pitch shows to MTV. And so you'd pitch these shows that you thought would be really great for the channel. And then they would say to you, how does this entertain 13-year-old girls? And you go, hold on, you're programming for 13-year-old girls? And then you watch like these award shows where like Miley Cyrus is going ass-to-ass with somebody else. And you're like... Oh, they're programming people right now. And we see it happen all well, the time. That's what the Super Bowl halftime show is half the time. It's, they're just throwing random shit out there in Suburbanical. You can't even fucking tell what I it mean, is. Lady Gaga's Lady Gaga, halftime yeah, show is a straight up the Satanic. story of yeah. Lucifer. 
<laughs> it is the story of Lucifer. Study the story of Lucifer or what you're told is Lucifer from the Bible and then watch that woman descend into a fire with pentagrams all over it. And that's when I knew something was up. I remember that because, you know, I grew up in the time where we would have these religious right people talking about how, um, you know, the devil's music. And you're like, shut up, old man. We just want to rock, right? And then you start like really studying. You're like, wow, it's, it's programming. That's why television channels scheduling isn't called scheduling. It's called programming. And it's done very much on purpose. And we, we've seen this kind of thing where the, the movement to this dark arts has been going on so long that they grab everything. That, I mean, they've got almost everything they wanted. Now they're going to the point of bizarre, which makes no sense. Which is why nobody goes and sees movies like, you know, the Charlie's Angels, where everybody looks like, uh, you know, a, 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 a tree-hugging lesbian, right? Because, like, Charlie's Angels was about beautiful women. Now they've tried to programming us. It's like, when we, for the longest time, like, Judd Apatow's movies were, like, nerds getting hot chicks. And the first time, we, oh, that's funny. Now now it's over and over again. You're like, now you're trying to program some stuff. How about the, sister of tra- the Sisterhood of Traveling Pants? There's a bunch of fat chicks, like yeah, you said. Right? <laughs> it is a bunch of fat chicks, man. And it's just, it's very interesting. But I, I, I started to see what you're talking about in these uh, pro athlete stuff. We started seeing like the way these guys were dressing is like really weird. Like I have no clue what's going on with Cam Newton, man. Have you seen uh, LeBron's uh, short suit? No, I haven't. Is it bad? <laughs> it's just cute. He looks cute in it, I guess. He looks cute in He's it? He's fucking tall as fuck with thick shorts. I mean, you can't see it either, but it's... Yeah, well, I mean, like, at what, like so, uh, you know, I've seen you talk a lot about uh, LeBron James and what LeBron James does. And, you know, I never really thought about how, you know, they, they're pushing a certain narrative with him because I just thought he was so great. That they just pushed him forward. That that's why he got off. But then you realize that he represents a lot of, he de- does a lot of shady symbolism and everything he does. The lions, the king, all this stuff. Like, what's, what, I mean, like, where do you think this all begins from? You know, where, where? It, it, it begins in wanting more. And I think that's what it really was. I think it, it, once you get more and somebody comes to you and say, hey, we should, we should use your voice, even though he has the worst voice for a voiceover cartoon. They they gave him two <laughs> movies off of that. And it's like, wh- like what? Where did this come from? And then all of a sudden, he gets a production company. Then he's doing HBO specials, and it's at a rate where I get it that he's a marketable player, but it's going way too fast for somebody like him. He did this in a matter of less than three years to do this. And when you watch him in the pregame, what is he doing? He's looking for the camera. He does the, the three six 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 like this. He does the pyramid. Then he looks at the sky and does the double horns. Now, what does he need to do that for? Unless he is getting promoted to do that so he can stay getting these commercials, production deals, and now this NBA Jam movie that's about to come out. I think that is what it is. And now he has gotten his son involved with it. And now his son has a hoodie with the double horns and the double helixes with his teammates around him now they're passing down these old babylonian gods after they've been dead for i don't know how many years now they're driving them back up and locking these people into these covens 
and this witchcraft and this sorcery just to get movie deals, just to get whatever they think them successful in this world. That is what they're doing, and they're using their kids to do it. When you said that uh, you you had gotten you had gotten some controversy when you had stated that Dwayne Wade had sacrificed his son, uh, what what are your thoughts on that? It's my my thoughts is that I guess they thought that by running me through the uh, the old uh, mill of saying I'm crazy in CTE that does not. It's funny to me because Magic Johnson did the same exact thing to his son. And if they got, if you are a Freemason or around the Freemason atmosphere, they worship the Baphomet, which is a, it's funny, it's a goat with a breast and a penis. Now, <laughs> Satan's whole scheme of this is to bl- blend the genders from male to female. That's why transgender is, is coming up right now. That's why, you know, the drag queen story time is a hot topic right now. They want you to sacrifice your child. I'll start, now start calling him daughter. Now you're trying to tell me this child's been alive. What he's might maybe 12, 13 right now. He's been alive this whole time. You never called him daughter until now. Now he's wearing fingernails. Till now, you get the job on TNT. Who else is on TNT? Shaq. Now I already spoke and did a whole thing about Shaq and his MK Ultra glitches, but he proudly represents that Freemasonic ring. And people think it's just. You go there and donate money and you put on these funny hats and do handshakes. No, their whole doctrine since Albert Pike and Adam Weishaupt is the Lucifer is God. And they follow every Luciferian document, even down to the sexual perversion and the blood rituals. That is how they operate. And, uh, you know, you put up a picture of uh, Shaq dressed as a woman and how uh, there's a history of Hollywood and show business dressing black men as women in comedies. You see that a lot. Uh, And that's kind of like this ritual that's done to kind of like, you kind of got to jump on the the grenade in order to be passed forward and sell yourself. Uh, What are your thoughts on that whole thing? Because we've seen in all comedy, Eddie Murphy. I think the only one who hasn't done it is Kevin Hart. No, he did it. He did it too. Kevin oh, Hart did, did it. it. Kevin Hart. Kevin but Kevin is Hart it Dave it. Chappelle? I mean, there's. I thought there's one guy Dave that ended Chappelle. up. Dave Chappelle is yeah. the only one that said no. He said fuck off. Yeah, he talked about it. Uh, that's kind of iffy because he did Robin Hood Men in Tights and he did it for like maybe a good two three seconds. If you remember Robin Hood Men in Tights, they did dress up as a woman and they got he took it off as part of the thing. But that's, I think that's about as far as he went with it. You know, you put out a uh, a tweet about uh, Michael Strahan, who rumors have been about his sexuality. I teach their own. That doesn't really bother me. But, you know, this whole thing with his, uh, you know, this pushing of this fucking, this poor kid, something that uh, Desmond the, is amazing. And just like how people are so okay with what is so obviously the sexualization of this child. And like Michael Strahan, like celebrating it. It's just, what are your thoughts on Michael Strahan? And like I said, he's part of that system where this is Hollywood and this is what's warranted as entertainment. We're basically overshadowing the fact that this kid was in a bar around grown men giving them dollar bills while he was dancing around. And this is where we're at. I, I told people before, it's, 
homosexuality is not going to be the end all of this whole agenda. It is to be pedophilia and bestiality right back to back. They want you to get you so sexually perverse because if anybody writ, writ, noticed the Bible, in the days of Noah, they did the same exact thing. Man would have a sex with animals. They would have a sex with children, their own children, right before the flood came. This is what we're really going back to. And people are not hip to it because they're thinking, oh, this is uh, everybody should. It should be love and love. We should love and let love. It's unbelievable what's going on. It just seems like this was very much a white culture thing for the longest time. And I could be wrong, but it seems to be suddenly just all over the place in black culture. And, you know, we've looked at like we've talked about on the show before how uh, I believe culture, all culture is not natural. It's manufactured through dark arts and very uh, powerful, rich people. We saw that in the uh, early 60s and 70s with the hippie culture, followed by the you know the Manson murders and then the, jo- the Jonestown massacre. It was like, get everybody into drugs and then fucking scare them with uh, the murders and uh, the slaughters and all that stuff. And now we're kind of seeing it in black, the black culture in particular, ever since... Um, you know, uh, the gangster lifestyle. That's kind of seen what was the big thing in the, the late 80s, early 90s, gang banging and stuff like this. And how, like, all these positive uh, rap hip hop groups are kind of pushed aside for this kind of, you know, you know, do, you know, bang chicks, do drugs. You're going to prison anyways. It doesn't matter. This is, and, th- and on top of that, these drug laws came in, these very, 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 uh, uh, fucking, uh, and kind of insane drug laws, which were like cr- a nugget of crack was worth a helicopter of coke and, uh, you destroying the, the, the family unit. Uh, what is your thoughts on that whole situation? What, what the gangbang culture, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, and all of them do, who are now billionaires? We see Jay Z, a billionaire, part of that whole genre of uh, dark arts. I think it rewarded to basically sell poison, materialism, and ungodliness to our own people. That's what they're getting promoted for. They're not getting promoted because they're good positions or they're good people. They're promoted because they literally set our race up to be handcuffed and over-sexualized and beaten and and put out an agenda or put out a a stereotype, which most of us really aren't. And when when you go to other countries, it's, it's actually sad for people to treat me differently because what they see on TV they see the baby. They see a grown man who's a rapper wearing pampers in the street. That's how far we sunk. And that's from that hip hop culture is to sell that culture. So that we are basically we are the, the ones that keep America running in the jail system by keep showing hypersexualization of women, keep showing gangbanging and drugs and killing and murder. Like they're about to take our guns anytime soon. But you always see hip hop with these big AR-15s and these M16 you know, shotguns and rifles, and they're always in the videos with them. I have not yet to see one white country star with a gun in their uh, in their vi- music videos. It just don't you don't see that. You don't see it in Taylor Swift. You don't see it in Miley Cyrus. You didn't even see it with Macklemore. You always going to see a certain agenda push to keep uh, the prison industri- industry running because black people got to be so stupid and foolish as in to keep spending money on their own mockery. And uh, you know, when you try to point this out to people. What are the reactions of that within the black community? You know, 
Uh, I've had Professor Griff on. I've had conversations with people. I've talked about my belief that the N-word is a psyop, that, uh, you know, it's used as something to get us to fight with each other, that for some reason within the black culture, calling each other the words that slave owners did. And if I'm overstepping my bounds, feel free to tell me to shut up. I'm cool with that. But I feel like it's an overstepping. I mean, that uh, this is a word that it was used to degrade black people by slave owners, and now it's everywhere. But then if a one group says it, everyone goes nuts. And I'm not looking for the one group to be able to say it, but it's such an in- – it's like it has this weird kind of rule to it uh, that people are calling people they love this word of the slave traders. Like I believe in my hearts of hearts that there has been mental warfare on the black community to keep them down – keep them in the in the into drugs you know this whole no you know i remember listening to some morning radio show where like these two uh reality stars were arguing because one of the reality stars um uh what came from a two-parent home and how they were arguing like oh man you ain't real you ain't from a two-parent home you know you got two parents and i'm like what are we doing? And then you always hear people interviewed and they're like, you know, they're, they're black and they're like, oh, well, I was going to go to, I, I was going to jail anyways. And I'm like, these are all things that are done to psychologically affect the youth. What are your thoughts on that? It's really stupid if you ask me. Say if the N word meant dumbass. So you basically are fighting other races so you can own the word dumbass. So you can call each other dumbass. This dumbass did this. It's all on Twitter. Dumbass this. Dumbass that. This dumbass did this. This dumbass does that. What a dumbass. What's up, dumbass? That's basically what the N-word really results to. And it's, it is a, a weird psyop to always get us to own something that's supposed to degrade us. Now it's the chicken thing. Now everybody wants chicken. Now they start <laughs> this whole chicken meme, which is another psyop. You knew the history of the psychological part of the races that we always like chicken and watermelon. We brought that back to the fact that we're making companies rich off of joking about chicken. And that's what we want to own now. We want to own Popeyes. No, we got to own churches. And it's fried chicken, fried chicken this, fried chicken that. And we make it to a point where now we're killing each other over chicken. This is how far we've gone to be brainwashed. And it's only aimed at the black community, but we don't want to own it because we only own or we only fight when it's another race coming for what something that is supposed to be ours stereotypically. And that's how foolish we look right now. We're actually fighting for our own stereotypes to be mocked at more. And if anybody speaks out about it, we're the haters. You know, we're mad that we don't get no more shine anymore. I've always found it very interesting. Uh, you know, there was this amazing uh, civil rights movement that came out through the 60s, the 50s, 60s, and 70s. There was this amazing movement of openness and love. And, you know, there was a push to get white people to realize that, like, that, you know, there's institutional racism destroying the black community. Uh, and then we saw this movement. And then we came to this thing where, uh, you know, fighting racism got weaponized, in my opinion. And then it became like you couldn't criticize the black community or else you were called a racist. And that's kind of where we kind of saw this movement into the gangbanger movement where it's like, we're going to do our thing for us, by us. You know, when I go to hip hop cultures, I see a very big 
uh, white population at these concerts. But then when I go to rap, I mean, metal concerts, I, I, I went to uh, Dodger Stadium, sold out uh, ACDs. I saw one black couple in the entire thing. This for us, by us thing. It's, it's like, is this for the betterment? Because I believe the beauty of this world, of this, of, of this country, is that we blend together and we take the best of all cultures and we put it and we all, we all love together. But I feel like there's been this real movement from the top. Like the, I call them like, uh, uh, um, shepherd dogs. These shepherd dogs in the black community, you see it a lot with uh, Jay-Z does it. If anybody steps out and supports uh, somebody that maybe isn't pro-black community, or or I know you have problems with Kanye, but even when Kanye came out and was like, I like Trump, and then all these guys came out, Snoop Dogg, Jay-Z, and just pounded on him to try and get him back into the herd. I feel like there's this thing by the people at the top to control the black community so they keep the money to the people at the top of the black instead of this integration. Do you do you ever see anything like that or am I way off? Uh, they all use their own little tools. Like I said, if you look at this world and you don't look at it as black and white, you actually look at it as, in the Bible says, sheep and goats. They're all goats to me. They're all, like Jay-Z and all that. It's funny because the... People say, why aren't you supporting Jay-Z? He's doing a good cause and for the NFL. Like Jim Brown had a whole foundation called America, America I Can, where he did the same thing Jay-Z did. Jay-Z was a high school dropout who sold crack and coke to his own people. Some died, some got addicted, some lost lives, some killed children over it. And this is the person you think really cares about the black community? What has he done since? Just because you get more money from, for talking about the same things you preach or did doesn't make you a, a new human being for the black community or a, a better image in that fact. And I look at it always a spiritual level is that they're all controlled by the top. And it, everybody knows who's at the top of this whole thing. And this it is to keep you away from as far as the African-American community is to keep us away from our true identity and finding out who we are. So you'll constantly see the top ones at the top, the Beyonce's, the Jay-Z's, the LeBron's, to keep us dumbed down to find out who we really are spiritually. And that's who we're always going to have that fight against. It's not about white and Indian and Asian and all that. It's literally this fight between ourselves to keeping ourselves dumbed down. We shouldn't blame anybody else in the black community but our own selves for our own ignorance. Today's show, uh, real quick, before we move on with Larry, I want to uh, go into adsuits.com. That's adsuits.com. Go to adsuits.com, a backslash tinfoil hat. Put the pro- put your email in, and you're uh, eligible for a fun, festive, um, uh, free suit. Bro, it's Christmas dude, is coming up. Christmas, dude. Get fresh. on that. Look fresh. I look great in a suit, dude. You see you me on? You cleaned up. You cleaned up. Thank you, oh, dude. Check out the debate show while you're at it. Yeah. Go to fucking... check out Adults Talking. You will love it. But real quick, go to AD Suits, man. Why pay $500, $600 for a suit when you can pay anywhere from $35 to $55? Tailor made to you, shipped out to you. Just go to adsuits.com. They promote the show. I know the owner. He's a G amongst G's. And just put your email in there and grab a suit. What a great gift for your, for the man in your life or for yourself. You want to get a new job in the new year? Go get a suit. Look good. You go into traffic court. Are these assholes giving you a ticket for nothing? Huh? So what? You're on your, you're checking your fancy league on your phone. Doesn't mean you got to get pulled over. Fight it. Fight all the tickets. But you need a suit if you're going to fight the tickets. Mm-hmm. So go and uh, 
Go check out adsuits.com. Okay. I see this a lot in times where it's like, uh, you know, this push by black celebrities to uh, be like, fuck the police, fuck the police. And I, I love Public Enemy. I think they were uplifting. I think they had a voice for people. But we see this like push to like, like fuck authority, fuck authority, which I get. But then when I see like big time rappers getting arrested, I don't see them ever fighting back or lipping off or any of that shit. They get arrested, they go to jail. But the message is like, don't listen to cops, fuck cops. And then you see people getting shot and all that stuff. I sometimes I think that message is put out to get other people to do dumb shit while they cover their own asses. It's always been that way. <laughs> I mean, how many times have you seen you know rappers go to jail, laugh about it, and they're back in house arrest? Like you see that multiple times until obviously you got to make a point. But who's actually looking at these guys when they get arrested when they got to do these six months, eight month jail sentences? I mean, look look at R. Kelly. It seems it seems like they <laughs> want black people to just look up to R. Kelly and be pedophiles and just have sex with young girls. Because that dude has not yet gone to jail and like actually served a real sentence. He's been doing this trial for I don't know how much long. And they keep re-engineering this whole Aaliyah thing. If you didn't know that Aaliyah was 15 and he was a pedophile then, what's going to change it to, uh, to now? They pretty just show it in front of you like, yo, do this. He's not. He's getting away with it. There's nothing really happening to him. It's the same thing with uh, Harvey Weinstein. It's like they, it's like they really engineering you to stay wicked and stay believing that you could be a pedophile and this is the worst you could happen to happen to you. Only poor pedophiles go to jail. Yeah, only it's low end, it. so yeah. it seems like they're doing something. But at the highest levels, you all see these same people. All these very successful, like, next-level people are all at these spirit-cooking things. Jay-Z's there, Will Farrow's there. You see all these people, Lady Gaga... Who is openly now talked about how she can't get her soul back? Oh well, that's what they talk about. That kid. There's a video of him sacrificing his his life to the devil or something like that. The kid that just died. Oh yeah, yeah. we have this rapper right now. What's his name? Juicy World. You know, spelled wrong, which is another thing that seems to be big into the whole thing. He can't even get it right in his handle. You know, he's got to add three D's to it. But, you know, God rest his soul if he's, you know, but he did a video in which he was uh, sacrificing his soul. He bragged about it. And now everyone's like, he's just joking around. I go, was he? Because that seems to be pretty prevalent. Like, to make it at the highest levels, you have to basically play ball. And the play ball is to sell your soul. And we've seen Madonna tweet going, hey, once you sell your soul, you can't get it back. Lady Gaga said the same thing. Lady Gaga, and we have these blood sacrifices. Have you ever heard of those, Larry? Blood sacrifices? Of course. course. And they pawn them off uh, as seizures or, you know, heart attack. Remember uh, um, the kid from One Direction? His sister died in London or something like that. She died. She was 18 years or 19 years old, and she died of a heart attack. What oh, child yeah. you know, what teenager you know dying of a heart attack? Oh, you. Oh, and also you had that uh, interaction with this one woman who uh, just kind of signed with Jay-Z. Her mother had passed away and you guys kind of went back and forth. But again, it, here we are, somebody blowing up and they have a, a family member mysteriously die. I mean, doesn't it sound the same thing as Kanye West? Like, didn't he almost have the same kind of thing happen when he was about to blow up? And when she and his mother was were, was was the business, she was the one coordinating everything. And when you sign into a secret society, they have to remove you from all people who who know when you're changing. 
when you know that something's not right with you. They remove those people and give you people who is just as wicked you as you are to keep you in that, spirit, that demonic spell they, that they're into. Now, you're trying to tell me with this girl, Megan Thee Stallion, her mother was her manager the whole time. You just don't have a brain tumor just like that and die. I'm sorry. You go to, you know, to hospital. You get MRI and CT scans. You're in, you feel sick. You get headaches. That is how the natural progression of, oh, my mom is sick. I got to find somebody else. Your mom is going to pop up dead with a brain tumor. Then you sign with Jay-Z. Then you're the hottest thing since sliced bread all over BET. And what are you doing? You're wearing the, the, the natural Freemason symbolism. You're wearing cheetah print, which means you're a sex kitten uh, programmer. You, you're doing devil horns. You're doing you know, the all-seeing eye, all eye symbolism. You're doing all these things so fast, you think people are not paying attention? And all of her dumb fans are like, well, she's a woman. She's going to school. She was hustling and doing this since YouTube. I said, yeah, we haven't even heard about her till then. And then this happens. It doesn't happen. I'm sorry, but show business does not happen this fast. If you look at old school actors, you remember when Will Smith was in that, uh, before he was even like Fresh Prince, this first movie, when he was a gay man, people don't even remember that movie. That's how <laughs> long these careers have to happen to blossom into superstar. No, 100%. Okay, hold on. Before we continue, I just want to tell you about our good friends at, at BetDSI. Go to BetDSI, use the promo code HAT100, and they will double whatever you deposit into your deposit up to $500. Dude, it is looking good. NFL playoffs are starting. Basketball is on fire. Probably the greatest NBA season ever is going. Uh, boxing is looking good. Joshua and versus uh, Ruiz uh, was a great fight, except for the fucking play-by-play people. But the point is, bet on all that and bet with our friends at BetDSI. Do a parlay. Tell me about it. Uh, maybe I'll make a bet on your parlay. You don't know. Make that cheddar. And uh, they're our longest-running sponsors. So thank you, BetDSI. Go to BetDSI. Use the promo code HAT100. Okay, what are we talking about? Kanye's mom died off of like a simple, a simple procedure. It was nothing crazy. She well, just died, and well, then the he blames himself now. The whole thing is that you make a deal. Yeah. Here's the deal, man. You want to be famous? You got to make a sacrifice. And what you do is you kind of, uh, you kind of agree to go to, on vacation to Hawaii or something, and you don't know who they're going to take, but they're going to take one person. And it's like amazing how. All these very famous people have lost somebody. Now, I, you know, there was a period in my life where I'd lost like 15 people. That's because I'm in a 12-step program and I'm surrounded by drug addicts and alcoholics who don't take care of themselves. But I also never just blew up right after. It's like amazing how many of these people, somebody dies and they just blow up right after um yeah it's kind of crazy right man it's kind of crazy now we want to take a look at a lot of these um these uh disney kids how many of these disney kids have come out and said that they had pedophilia happening to them child molestation and nobody says anything how many times do we have to you know but everybody's worried about oh this this and this with the children nobody cares about disney was founded by pedophiles Nobody cares that arrest after arrest after arrest happen for pedophilia. Nobody cares that all these kids in the in the Disney Mickey Mouse Club have fucking complained about being molested. But yet nobody cares. 
Nickelodeon, same thing. What are your thoughts on that, the whole Disney thing? Uh, it's, it's, if you look at, like I said, Walt Disney was a 33rd degree make Freemason. There's a club called 33 inside the Disney mm-hmm. spot. Mm-hmm. Walt Disney's parents died from, quote, unquote, a gas leak in their own house. Yep. This, like, if you follow how these people live their lives, you follow what they believe oh, in, shit. you know ritual sacrifice, sexual perversion, and pedophilia is not too far from behind them. So you're always going to get that same type of story with these people who run the world. And people gloss over this as if it's just not a big deal. I guess it's, since we've been all separated and, and taught to be selfish and vain and only protect our own, we could care less if it's not our child or, or anybody related to us. And the Nickelodeon thing, they had a guy that was his, they had to remove him. But he was like one of the most successful writers for all these kid shows. And you would see pictures with him. With these young children, and he said that he was a, a, a real a real pedophile. But nothing else happens. It's like parents give these kids to be stars, and be like, "Well, you know, you have to accept it or not." And I think what people think, well, they wanted their kids to be a part of that, so let them do it. And I think we don't understand this this culture is going to bubble over onto children who are much younger than their own children, and we're talking about one, two, three, three year olds. This is what this culture is heading to is trying to get younger and younger and introducing children into sexual behavior. Well, parents act like they don't see it. What happened with Michael Jackson? The parents acted like, oh, nothing's going on. Their parents knew. They were just willing to pay the price. They're like, all right, let's see where it takes my kid. And they just don't care. And you're the person who's supposed to be protecting these kids. I mean, like, look at Billy. Uh, Billy, what's her name? Eilish. Eilish. I mean, her whole everything symbolism is dark arts. It's like crazy. And then she complained about like, I forget what magazine put her out, like a naked portfolio. And she's like 17 years old. And it's like, this is how they control you. This is how they get you when they want you to attack Trump or they want you to go after somebody or push a certain agenda you know, this is how why we have like all these famous people like dressing their kids up as drag. It's just like if you want to get 18, you want to cross dress to me, you do you. I don't really give a shit. That's your life, not my life. You live your life. But man, the pushing on to children is just unbelievable to me. Why anybody thinks that's okay. Like you want to, I've had arguments with people. Why are you having drag queens? In elementary schools. That's an adult event. Are we going to start having strippers too? Shooting ping pong balls out of their woo-woos? <laughs> and try to talk about its empowerment? I mean, does anyone else find that crazy? Am I the only one talking nuts here? No, well, you're right. That's an adult event. They char- they, they used- I mean, last time I checked, you had to be 18 to go to a fucking drag queen show. Cause- yeah, or at least 21, dude. Why are they in there with they're, kids? They're at the library reading for them. It's unbelievable, dude. It's unbelievable. Why are they doing more than just reading to them? They're, they're, now they're twerking. Now they have children laying on top of them. It's, it's gone a little bit. It's not, I don't even think they're reading anymore. I literally think that it's like a strip show. I think it just literally they go in there and they're dancing around awfully. And then they just <laughs> twerking in front of these children. And the parents are now giving them dollar bills. Why are they doing it? It's unbelievable, dude. It's just unbelievable. What do you think's going on with Kanye right now with this whole uh, church he's doing? Some people think he's trying to save his soul. 
I mean, like, I got to be honest with you. Though, I, it's very weird when you can point out the worst concert you've ever seen. And it is without a doubt Kanye West's 808s and Heartbreak when I went to see him at the Hollywood Bowl. He showed up an hour late, did an hour show, and it was basically him eating ice cream, crying about how hard his life is. That's when he had that mental breakdown. Yeah. After his mother passed no, away. No, that was after he said he liked Trump and he didn't know how to. No, no, to this was way before Trump. Oh. This was after him and those so sucker Kardashians <laughs> who are like, people laugh, like they're literal witches, dude. They're literal witches, man. I mean, look at a great example, Larry, is about how they're look at look at the uh, type of uh, um, uh, role model they are for women. Look at who they date. Look at uh, look at how they just go around for. Uh, look at how they. I mean, like their mother told Kim to do a sex tape. What's your take on the Kardashians, Larry? I mean, they, like I said, if you look at the mother, you see her house, her house is black and white checkered floors, which is very symbolic of the Freemason floors in every lodge. If you look at every Masonic lodge, they have the black and white checkered floors. It's the representation of the esoteric good and evil that you can do good as long as it outweighs your evil. And that is what they signed themselves into. And, and it's kind of funny that people think that Kanye is trying to sell his soul, but married to a witch. That doesn't really, that, that's, it doesn't make sense. That is not, and any Christianity or any book you read in the Bible, is, it does not say marry a harlot. It does not say marry a woman as a witch and think your soul is going to get saved. It, it just does not happen. And just like their color scheme, their floor is black and white. You know, uh, the way they operate, they put out basically straight up Instagrams calling, saying that they are, in fact, uh, witches. I mean, they they joke about it, but everybody is it's a lot deeper and it's at the highest levels. And like the world is like a stage, right? And whoever gets on that stage gets seen by the world. And there's only a couple stairs to take you to the stage. And those people who control those stairs are fucking the ones who run everything. Now, the beauty of the internet is that we're now able to bypass those people and get on stage in a show like this. I mean, without the show, I wouldn't be talking to Larry Johnson. I mean, like, how lucky am I, dude? So it's, but it's like, if, if you got ignored by or freezed out by the industry, you're fucked. So these guys have to be willing to show whatever they can do. Well, they'll do whatever they can to get that fame. And that's why we see over and over again, People selling out and then making billions of dollars because that's they just bribe you so much you'll never talk. I mean, like, does Magic Johnson have AIDS? I don't think. I really don't think so. But he's got a billion dollars. Because they fucking told him to say he had it. Yeah. To make it fucking normal. I mean, if he has it and he doesn't die, then if you live in LA, you've seen people with AIDS. That guy doesn't look like he has AIDS. Nobody gets AIDS, gains 50 pounds and a billion dollars. Right? You have Seth MacFarlane and uh, uh, Marky Mark and the friend Funky Bunch. What's his name? Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Both were supposed to be on the planes on 9-11. Both of them mysteriously missed it. How lucky were they? And now they're both worth... They, how many movies are they putting out? How many TV shows are they putting out? Ice-T. I mean, Ice Cube. Snoop Dogg. Jay-Z. All part of that. Gang banger. Crime rhyme. Music. All now worth, I mean, 
Snoop Dogg's the poorest one. He's worth half a bill. And he's, with Mar- he's smoking with Martha Stewart and shit. Yeah. He's supposed to be a gangbanger. He also fucking... Are we there yet? The movie Are We There You from Ice Cube? Are yeah. we there yet? It's a kid's movie. What are you doing? Right? And these guys are... Ga- I mean, dude. We have all these guys who are gangbanging rappers. Now doing... Fa- uh, dude, I used to do a joke about it. About It's like, I can't say a dick joke on stage, but Snoop Dogg can talk about shooting people and drug dealing, have his own porn line, and host the Kid Choice Awards. Why is, why is Snoop Dogg hosting the Kids Choice Awards? Better yet, why is he doing a, a lullaby album for children? Why is he doing a lullaby album for children? <laughs> Who's buying this for their kids? Who's like? It's even worse. Why? Why would you do a lullaby when your your child's child just died recently? Why would you? Why would you think that would be the next step for that? It was to come out with a lullaby album, and we really didn't get the what the sickness was with that newborn child. Uh, why that child suddenly died, and now a lullaby album is coming out. What has been the feedback from the the the, the community? To you calling out all their her- all these heroes. Uh, some love it, some hate it, but I love it when people hate it. <laughs> because I know only a few were supposed to hear it, and I know only a few are going to get saved. To me, I, I, I'd rather people just joke and say it's CTE, then I'm done and stupid. I, it makes it, it makes, as somebody who is petty, who likes to say, I told you so, I really waiting for that day of, I told you so. When it starts to hit, when shit starts hitting the fan around here, I'm gonna sit there and watch all these people try to run to their Jesus is King concerts and see if that's gonna save them and find out that won't save them. And everybody who's been talking about the truth has been talking about it so long that we all gonna get our day in the sun when everything starts to hit them and not us. So I, I'm seeing some of your tweets right now. You retweeted this thing from the truth. The censorship stops here. It's happening. Colorado public school now requires students to role play child sacrifice poems as part of a rape training and doctrine. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, why do we not care? Like, why don't we? Ca- I mean, dude. I keep hearing about children of the future, yet nobody seems to want to. And it only seems to be happening at public schools. Private schools, you don't see this as much, where the rich kids go. It's only at these public schools where these parents are, like, where poor kids are going. And how much do you think of this is some real shit? Like, I saw this thing you uh, tweeted by Liz Wheeler. Our, our child, children are being brainwashed in school where they're, like, talking about multiple gen- genders. But it looks like a fake setup. Do you think there's some psyop and some mental warfare going on now, Larry? Of course it is. Like, anything, well, like they say, there's no such thing as bad press. And I think they know that. They think we is the truth part of side of it. We're going to retweet that so we put it in their face even more which is what the downfall is of trying to explain people these things are wrong but we're still promoting it some form in some way which is what I said that we're not trying to wake up everybody. Everybody's not supposed to wake up. We're only supposed to wake up a certain amount. So I'll take that hit and show people something that I don't really want them to see but I have to show it to them so maybe that one or two person that with a family or a child who's on the fence about these things knows what to do. And I think they know what they're doing. They come out with these these fake little storylines of teaching children masturbation. 
And maybe these kids are not even there listening to it. It's just you just see the reaction to their faces. But we don't know that. But so we have to take everything as face value as of now and show people this is what they're really trying to do. They really want you to get your child into touching themselves or someone touching them and think it's, it's okay as long as it's, it's sexual and they love you for it. Well, just look at it. All these kids have their phones. They can get on porn whenever they want. It's on their fucking fingertips whenever they want. How about all those videos about the fucking father, the father fucking the stepdaughter? Yeah. They push that shit all the fucking time. Well, it is gross. Just to make I, I, it but even before you get to the porn and all that stuff, to be honest with you, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell people what they can or cannot watch. But let's look at how we're like pumping our kids full of pharmaceuticals. How we're teaching our children that everybody wants to hear everything they have to fucking say and that they get to this real world and they try to like yell at everybody at work and then they get fired all the time. And then society, they fracture because we don't teach survival skills. We don't teach living skills. We teach idealism to children. And then when they get to the real world and it doesn't work, their minds fracture. And guess what they get on? Pharmaceuticals. There's no factory jobs like there used to be. There used to be like, you do this, you do that. Now yeah, there's no, there's no work. Job. There's no work for them. They're, they're just, their neighborhoods are flooded with fucking drugs. Their parents are on drugs. Like, there's so many steps before porn on your phone that, that they, yeah. dude, we're just giving kids so much fucking drugs to numb them out. We're teaching them complete. Everything I ever learned in recovery, man, is completely opposite of the political correct movement. And the political correct movement will tell you, blame everybody for your problems. Everybody's thinking about you all the time. Everybody wants to hold you back. If you fail, it's not your fault. Everything I ever learned in my life was, hey, man, you are you control your destiny. The energy you put out is the energy you get back. You treat people like shit, you're going to get shit. And uh, if your life's fucked, it's probably based on something you did. But they don't teach you that. They teach you to blame everybody else for your problems. They teach you to quick hit. They teach you to first take the first highway, the first off ramp on the highway of life. Get off on that. And next thing you know, your, your summer job working at a burger place is your fucking career job when you could have gone and done something amazing. If you would have just realized it's got to, you got to go through it to get to it. And then you have all these false idols teaching you the worst thing you do. Like, dude, have you noticed that everyone's got tats on their faces? Oh, every rapper. <laughs> How amazingly stupid is that? You have two, three options if you have tats on your face. Okay? Rapper, tattoo artist, porn star. Uh, I don't even know about a porn star. Okay, well, we'll take that off. <laughs> That's off the table. But the point is, and I have, a, I have friends who do tattoos. God bless you. Oh, I love okay? Tattoos. But tattoos. we I got tats. Yeah. You know, we but you look at like your career options are limited. But yeah, every rapper making it has to have his face tatted up. These are just bad, 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 bad role models. You know what I'm seeing more of too? I'm seeing a lot of women sell themselves on Snapchat or social media now. Like I, I didn't think that the economy was that bad where young girls are selling pictures of their feet now for like fifteen to twenty dollars, and girls are selling other sexual activity on Snapchat for some amount of money for a premium snap or whatever. I, I didn't know that it was this bad 
that that's where we're at right now. They're, they're taking the, the easy route out. And the only reason why that has been the option is because we allowed Amber Rose's slut walk to be so popular among young girls that it's, it was so easy to get a buck off of men paying money for this uh, type of activity. And I think that is where the fall of society really starts is thinking it's okay, you make it popular for everybody to be, I don't know how to say it, but it's, it, it, to be wicked or be really emotionally depressed and dissolved into this satanic atmosphere that we have. You know, man, it's very interesting because, you know, here we are, you have people like Cardi B, is that her name? Yep. She's like, I, I dude, I watched this happen in real time. <laughs> I knew as soon as she said, yeah, I like to rob Johns all the time. And then, boom, all of a sudden, fucking hooker robs this guy. Hooker robs this guy. It is a monkey see, monkey do fucking world. You know? Now, you know, I know. She explained how she did it. She said she'd take him up there, give him a pill, and yeah. it just gives that girl that never thought about it, yeah. oh, let me do it. I'm already fucking. Why not just cash out? And it's the same thing about the Kardashians. All these horrible decisions they've made and who they dated, they have so much money to clean it up. They have so much money to clean it up. Well, uh Bruce or whatever killed uh, that homegirl in that Hummer and got away with it. No one even found out about it. It was more of a big deal about him changing his sex, his sex change than actually him killing someone. Yeah. I mean, like, well, how much of your soul do you have to sell to cut your junk off? <laughs> I mean, what you, and dude, how sad is that that you cut your junk off and they cancel your show after a season? You should have been like, if I cut this, I get at least syndication <laughs> right? it's just ridiculous man it's just ridiculous uh who do you think right now is the worst at it at what we're seeing right now lebron james uh shack is like Shaq is huge dude but he's like he's uh freemason what are your thoughts on like who's who's the worst out there right now uh, I, I would I would say right now is I would say LeBron is the worst at it right now because his symbolism by far you could catch him doing it all the time and I've seen him doing uh, when Brony was I think was little very very young he was doing he was even caught doing this a lot I saw him do this a lot talking to his son and looking at the camera while he was doing it at the same time I think for him he's like really. The postage. He's like the Katy Perry of 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 the of doing the the Freemasonic symbolism. He's caught doing it, of the, and he's doing it so much as that as if it's a real like a real god. Like he's like a real god that he's actually worshiping, and he's put it so far in everybody's faces. I think people don't know the significance of it, and everything he's gotten is because of that. Now he subjected his own child to it, which is very very frightening because that child is now propagating the same symbolism as his father. And I think he is now used as, as the, I say, the, the beacon for Satanism. They don't want to know it. No matter what they say or what they do, they're lying about it. And they're knowing they're promoting Satanism. And they want other children to do the same thing because now everybody is following Brony James and what he does. So if you can reach younger and younger and younger generations, you're all signing them up for for Satanism. It's not too, it's not going to be too long for a ritual to happen where somebody's going to get sacrificed or somebody's going to die somewhere close to that camp. 
Man, I, I mean, I didn't know that the dark arts are so deep into the whole black community. You see it happen all the fucking time. It's unbelievable, dude. It blows my mind. It's so sad, too, man. It's so sad. Like, when you think, like, Zion Williams, how big he is, do you think he's compromised? Oh, of course he's compromised. I From- mean... I don't think people look at they look at this as as in a biblical format. They just look at it as like you do like dark arts or magic. This has biblical, you know, things that are surrounding it. I mean, the kid's name is Zion, which is much like the holy, you know, part of the Bible and Zion, Jerusalem, and all that. It is. They're holding him back for something. I don't think he's hurt, but I know they are holding him back for some. Ritual or something that matches up with Gematria, because you know they're heavy into that. I think that is what they're planning for. And the same thing with Kylie Irving. Kylie Irving is one of them too. He's always hurt, and he's always in and out of games. It's like they're putting, pick, matching certain things and elements so their spell could work. And if you look at look at NFL in these games, come on, you know damn well no one no one should have missed that call with the Saints and the and who the, was it? The Rams. The Saints and the Rams. And then to have that horrible showing just for them to add up to another Tom Brady Super Bowl. The same thing with Packers when, when Alex Rodgers had that weird call that went against the other team and he ended up beating whoever they were facing. These things add up and it all adds up into a weird spell for them so that we all can be locked and loaded into just following that beast system going down to the Antichrist. And they're using these players to do it. People are not open and waking to it because everybody thinks this is just athletics this is just the part of the game it is people certain people are waking up to the part of these calls don't make sense and they're getting worse and worse every game these calls don't make sense and then when you look at basketball it's like none of these guys play defense anymore mm-hmm. every game is almost 100 points every single time everybody's just shooting threes just so they can do this 100 times in a row everybody's does the same symbolism and it's almost like they're making everything soft everything feminine because if you Follow Freemasonry is taking this generation from the masculine on down to the feminine. And it's in everything. The movies. Now, all the women are the toughest women ever. All guys are, are emasculated. Look at the Marvel Universe. They actually found a way to emasculate the Incredible Hulk. The guy whose major power is based off rage and strength, they emasculate him into a, a, a chat. A guy who's smart, who has busted both worlds, but not really that strong anymore. I mean, this is what we're going into. You're going to see more and more of this in the future. Thor went to being tough, manly, to being fat. Now he's getting replaced by the female Thor. This is where we're going with it to make everybody effeminate, to make everybody get ready for the Antichrist so no one fights back for anything. It is just the major psyop is to make men feel feminine. That's why you see all these men come out. All of a sudden, Billy D. Williams, I, I like to entertain my feminine side. Uh, Beyonce knows that. You got to check for breast cancer. One in 1,000 men get breast cancer. <laughs> when did that start to be a, become a PA announcement? But this is where we're doing it. If you follow the, the little lines and the storylines, they show you who they're trying to do. I think they, you know, if you, do you ever follow Bill Cooper? He talked about all this stuff. Behold the pale horse. He talked about how there was going to be a concentrated effort to, in fact, um, make uh, men super effeminate so they wouldn't fight back. 
uh, to make you know women overly emotional. Um, you know, and look what we have in this society right now. Women are uh, emotions are more important than facts. You know, they don't argue facts; they argue emotions and feelings are real, right? And guys are all like super feminine. I mean, we saw that happen kind of through the you know Judd Apatow's movies where all the leads were men, right? I mean, all the leads were nerd, super nerd guys, and then it started coming out that you know all the lead guys were like, "Oh, is this guy gay?" And like, dude, I, I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't really care what people do with their uh, by themselves behind closed doors, but I, I just see that this is programming going on that this is pushing people into this is all according to bill cooper this is um a move for um uh population control that they want to uh thin the herd so they want all the guys to be gay so they don't have kids and then they made aids in a you know in a uh and that's Eric's got to be having a weird moment right here, but uh, they created AIDS and uh, to kill off the gay. So they make everybody gay and they kill off gay. And it's all part of this long game con to make people overly uh, emotional. Men are men are especially like white black guys are are are, are you know trans cross dresser, but men are all white guys are all super feminine look at on every television they're all super metrosexual if you're gonna have a show on television you have to be look like fierce right i mean like where's the last larry the cable guy looking dude on television <laughs> all all the realtors are all gay guys I, my mom comes over watches whole house and garden all the dudes flipping houses gay dudes and i get that, that they move to hollywood and there's a large gay community and to them to each their own i don't really bother with that shit but it's like why are we promoting only certain people on television what is the purpose of that and then we start to watch like okay your programming isn't getting ratings you would think if this was a business you would stop doing that type of programming but do we see that no we don't we see Pushing even harder on it, right? I mean, they keep. I mean, like Captain Marvel bombed. What's that, Johnny? I, just, I, I think it's worth pointing out too that only four point five percent of Americans identify as LGBT. The entire thing, LGB and T, are only four point five percent. Well, according to every commercial I watch, yeah, that's exactly. off. Fifty <laughs> percent of the population is gay, and they love long distance and free data, according to Verizon Wireless. Um, <laughs> Right. So my whole thing is this. It's just like there's definitely programming going on. There's definitely movements. There's definitely dark arts people out there trying to get us all to fight with each other and trying to get us to argue with each other. I did not know what was going on pro rest, um, pro sports. I never, did you Larry ever see anything when you played where you're like, okay, that call is obviously gonna trying to change the outcome of this sport or this event did you ever experience that for yourself no i didn't i never experienced it for myself we were kind of like a mid-tier team really we're always maybe afc wild card maybe not but nothing any not any game that i played was even significant enough where this was actually going on i think this didn't really start happening until after maybe 2006 2007 where calls were getting called to make certain teams and making certain players 
you know, line up to their weird little spell that they try to coordinate. But nothing that I've seen or played in has ever I mean, made me think that. It's very interesting because we see rigging of sports all the time. We've had people come on and tell us, tell us all sports is rigged. Uh, the outcomes are chosen and, and highly controlled uh, in, in the and bigger world, sports. And world sports, too, like the World Cup. And they say it goes on everywhere. You so, know, but it's just. We see, like, I think in the UFC, I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, <laughs> but I think when you watch the UFC, they really want ferocious, dangerous black men as their champions. You see them pushing it all the time because it sits into a stereotype. You know, when they had Giselle with uh, LeBron James, that was definitely on a Vanity Fair. That was a King Kong type look. I mean, like there's a giant outrage for that because these are what they're trying to do. And, you know, they're trying to make, you know, we saw the Unabomber talk about how the uh, rich will are going to push political correctness onto us. And why they do that. And it's just because they're all rich kids and they really have pity for everybody. And this fighting between us and this promotion of certain people to certain levels, you got to fit what they're looking for, which is single parent kid, you know, gangbanger, went to jail, shot, you know, that's what they're pushing on kids. And kids think that's important. And I'm just telling you, it's like we got to put a stop to this before it's too late. It's too late. Larry, do you ever come out to Los Angeles? Uh, I've been out there a couple of times, but it's definitely not a city I like. (laughs) (laughs) Are you doing a podcast or anything, Larry? No, like I said, I got a nine-year-old, and I stay busy with her, and I'm not really good with talking long over a period of time and stuff like that. So I usually just hit people with little post tweets here and there, get them riled up, and I can step (laughs) back and you know, watch them fight over it and all that. But I, I really, I spend most of my time reading, studying, and actually spend time with my daughter. So that's that's what retirement is to me. Well, Larry, uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I mean, I, I everything you talk about, I watch happen in real time. I couldn't agree more. I think you're very brave doing what you're doing. I got to be honest with you, man. I think black conservatives is the most punk rock shit I've seen in years. <laughs> I really do to see people kind of go against the grain because it's very easy to get in the herd mentality and not want to call people out. And I think the beauty of the Internet has allowed us to find our like some people who see the world like we do. Like, you know, I'm in Hollywood. Everyone like gives me shit, but they don't know what's like to like be in the middle of this shit talking mad smack about people in my industry. But because I have a pirate ship. I can raid some motherfuckers, you know, (laughs) and I love it, dude. I love it. And I'm just going to be honest with you. When I watch conservative black conservatives go into the black community and like set the record straight on what they believe is their truth. I think that's the most punk rock shit I've ever seen because it needs to happen because what you need is an outside voice because for too long, it's just an echo chamber. And everybody's sitting in there and everybody hearing the same thing and nobody. I, I, I think that's what the problem is with uh, all one-way colleges. My friend, was, my friend had a chance to either go to Washington or an all-black university. His dad said go to Washington because that's a diverse, that's, that's life. You go to a, like an all-woman's, imagine going to an all-woman's school, the, the dog shit that they hear at that place. And then they go out to 
to the real world, and they're just like, this isn't what I've been hearing for the last five years at school. Oh, there's males who have voices, right? And it's just like, I think it's important that we all listen to each other. We all sit down and we all talk. Larry, you're a wonderful person. I can't believe you'd even spend a moment to come talk to us on our show. Oh, uh, I can't thank you enough. And I appreciate you real quick. Can you please uh, tell them where they can find all your stuff? Uh, once again, you can find on two Larry Johnson 7, the number two, Larry Johnson, the number seven. I'm on Twitter, Instagram most of the time, so that's where mostly I be. I post uh, most of my things. Well, Larry, uh, keep doing the Lord's work. You're wonderful. Uh, I think this is a lot of fun to have you on. I hope you had a good time. If there's ever a time down the line you could come back on, we would greatly appreciate it. We're honored that you come on our show. and uh, Be safe and keep doing the Lord's work, my friend. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me on. And definitely, if something really hits the fan and it really starts to get going, you, get, you guys are going to be the first people I reach out to. Thank Perfect. you, Larry. You're the best. God bless and take care, man. Take care, All brother. Right. Guys, thank you so much for listening. You're awesome. Johnny, thank you. XG, Eric, yeah. thank you. Thank you for enjoying the show. I got, I got laser eyes over here ready to light me up. I'm sorry, man. I was running the show. Uh, that was a good one. We did none of the reads that we uh, totally yeah. forgot. We always usually do that. <laughs> I don't know where to cut them in. All right. Do you know how to do that? Can can you figure figure out a time to put them in? I'm just gonna put them in a random place. Random All right, dude. Oh, guys. We, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. <laughs> Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack, tin foil hack, tin foil hack.